Good evening and uh, so exciting to welcome you back to Faith Stories. Uh, as I told you, every few weeks we wanted to bring these to you to uplift your faith and to be able to just help you grow and see what God is doing in other people's lives. And I just want to say before we bring Emma on, uh, when I met her, it's been, uh, gosh, I think it's been a couple of years now, but um, she did a little worship for us in Simply Church there at the uh, our building. But um, then later, uh, we got to know each other a little bit better, and I then invited her to become a part of my life group. And um, she is so... I just cannot tell you how much uh, God is just all over her every time she speaks and opens her mouth and and just love her. And uh, she is the daughter of Sean and Cheryl Blackman, for those of you that may not recognize who we're talking about. So Emma Jenkins, and she's going to be joining me now to share her faith story. Emma, welcome aboard. Hi, it's nice to be with you. And that was a lovely introduction. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so welcome. And you so deserve that. I want you to know. (laughs) Emma, uh, obviously, uh, you know, for those who don't know you, we, of course, love your parents. But I want you to share a little bit about you and just what you do so that people can get to know you before you jump into your story. Okay, so um, so I'm Emma. Um, I'm married to my husband Mike and we live with our two daughters uh, Lily and Poppy in Gosport. Um, I am one of three daughters of Sean and Cheryl Blackman so um, I'm often introduced in churches as uh, Sean's daughter because everyone knows dad Um, but that's not a bad thing. Um, as um, As a profession I am a mediator so I go into workplaces and organizations and help people resolve conflict and teach people how to manage conflict in a healthy way Um, and I have been passionate about justice for a very long time and I did my law degree realized I didn't want to be a solicitor and mediation seemed to be that perfect fit um, for, for wanting to kind of have fairness and help people get there um, and be on both people's sides so that's me kind of professionally and um personally (laughs) thank you so much for that well emma you have an amazing story and um i want to kind of just give you the freedom to flow with that story as well as you're going to be sharing a scripture verse with us so i'm just going to let you take it and and run with it about what you know what the faith uh in god has done for you and your family and and your story that you want to share tonight okay so um as i mentioned i've got two beautiful daughters lily and poppy uh lily is 10 poppy is eight and um the story kind of started back about uh nine years ago not quite um we had Lily and I found out I was pregnant with Poppy and we were really, really excited. And um, my first pregnancy with Lily was super smooth. I had no real concerns, no issues. I was very fortunate in that way. Um, I'm quite a 
an optimistic person anyway. So I really wasn't concerned at all throughout the pregnancy um, with my second child. And then we got to the 20 week scan. We brought Lily with us because we were really excited to find out the gender. And I'm really impatient. I, um, uh, God is working on my patients by making me wait for lots of things <laughs> over the years. Um, and uh, so I wanted to know the, the gender. I wanted to know it now. And uh, I was really excited. I was getting frustrated because um, the sonographer was, you know, taking ages to try and find what the gender was and I was thinking oh for goodness sake this is going to be a wasted trip we're going to have to come back again you know I really want to know um anyway uh, then she said oh I just need to go and have a chat with my colleague quickly and we're like okay it's a bit weird um Mike had a meeting to get to so we were kind of thinking okay come on we really want to crack on with this we want to find out and then we need to get on with our day and then she came back in the room and said, um, I've just had a word with the consultant. I have to give you some unfortunate news. Your baby's not very well. And um, just as a, just as a, not a warning, but just so you know, I get emotional when I tell any story. <laughs> so if I get emotional, please don't be concerned. This is a natural thing that happens. I have preached numerous times and it's the, in the minority that I don't end up crying at some point. So please don't be concerned. Try and hear my words through that. Anyway, so we got this, uh, this horrible news that our baby was poorly. And um, they started to talk about these medical terms, um, spina bifida. Um, there's pressure on the brain. Uh, there, there's spinal fluid around the brain, all sorts of these things. And I'm not medically minded in any way. Um, and so it was just this overwhelm of, of information. And I, we had no idea what they were talking about. And then they said, this, your child has spina bifida. Um, it's very serious. And we need to have a, a serious conversation with you about this. Can we take you to another room for a second? They took us to another room. I, th I think they talked to us about something, but very briefly, we managed to go back home um, to drop Lily off at preschool because we thought this is not a conversation we can have around our toddler. And so we came back to the hospital for a meeting with the consultant. Um, and I just remember sitting in the room and it was a feeling of, of like an outer body looking down on myself, listening to this information and just thinking, this is not real. This is not happening. And the words that were coming out of his mouth were just awful things, things that um, I had never pictured hearing about my, my child that I could feel kicking in my belly um, about her brain possibly being damaged as the, the pregnancy proceeds, about the impact of having um, a disabled child on her older sibling, on Lily, about um, the fact that she may not live the full term, she may not live many days beyond that. It was just a floodgate of, uh, that had opened of awful news, one after the other, about her being constantly in pain, about multiple operations 
Um, and then came the hardest bit, which was you have the opportunity now to, to make a decision about continuing on with the pregnancy. And it was the one of those bits of information that I just never thought would enter my life. This decision was not going to be a thing that I had to think about. And it's interesting because I love debate. Um, it's one of the reasons that I go into law. Um, my dad said I was very good at arguing. <laughs> I had a bit of a knack for arguing. And so we, um, so I love debate and I did. Um, I loved GCSE RE with the ethics that you could debate over topics just like this situation that I was in then about termination and the, the reasons why someone might go for it. And I had always said that I don't think it was going to be for me. Um, but with compassion for people who were in different situations, but just I don't feel like that is something that would be for me. And here I was in that situation where I was told I had two weeks to decide what we were going to do. And unfortunately, <laughs> this is a very common situation for um, people who discover conditions, but particularly with spina bifida and other, other conditions like that. Um, I found out since then how much of a common situation this is but there was um, lots of kindness in the room, but definitely a sense of them wanting us to go for a termination. And um, we repeatedly said, I don't think that's for us. I really don't think that's for us. But the reasons why this might be beneficial for our family, again, mentioning Lily um, and the negative impact this could have on her of having a disabled sibling, um, the reasons just kept coming and coming. But again, at the time I thought, gosh, they are trying to be really kind here. They're really caring for us, but it, but it was difficult. And there was lots of tears and we drove home. And I remember saying to Mike in the car, um, what if this is my stubbornness, my arrogance to think that I had to automatically say no to termination? What if I'm making, what if we're making this awful decision by not going ahead? What do we do? You know, suddenly all of these um, decisions that I had already decided back when I was a teenager that I would never choose the alternative. Suddenly I was put in a position where I had to consider it. And I remember going back home and uh, I looked up spina bifida <laughs> because I had no idea what, what it was really. Um, they were talking about the spine, but I had no idea what it meant in reality. And for some reason, um, I looked at my emails. I don't know why I clicked on my emails app. And there on my emails app was um, the thought for the day that I get emails sent regularly and um, daily from a church in, in California, Saddleback. So they always come through like mid-afternoon and this one just popped through. And the headline, the title of the email was Choose Life. And I don't even remember what the contents of the email was now. 
I don't think it had much to do with, <laughs> with this situation at all, but it said choose life. And both my family and my husband's family and all of our friends will be able to tell you that we are quick decision makers. Decisions do not come difficult for us. We can make decisions quickly and it's done. This was something where I just was floundering for what the right decision was and God just placed it in my lap. And I'm so grateful that during that first consultation with the consultant, my husband had the presence of mind to ask for a second opinion because we managed to get a second opinion a week later. And during that week, every single thought for the day email from Saddleback was answering our fears. So I remember the second day, it suddenly hit me what the consultant had said about her, my baby, who we had found out was a girl, that she may not live beyond the pregnancy or she may not even live to the full completion of the pregnancy and the verse was here we go <laughs> I'm trying not to get emotional so my verse it was Philippians 1 6 which is Paul was writing to the Philippians his friends while he was in prison and he says God began doing a good work in you, and I'm sure he will continue it until it is finished. And it was just, it was such a confirmation of God caring in the, in the big things. You know, I've been a Christian since I was four. That's when I gave my life to God and I had times when I was a teenager where I came away from it and I was angry with God for a little bit again about injustice <laughs> I couldn't understand why people were getting away with things and uh, bad things were happening to good people but but I have been a Christian for a very long time so I have seen so many miracles i'm so fortunate to, that god has has shown me miracles throughout my life because that has been a foundation for what we were going through at this point and here i'm just reading that verse that god will continue it until it was completed it was such it was so needed and I've prayed for car parking spaces before and they've come. <laughs> um, but this was just like on a monumental scale. This was my baby. And God came through. So for me, it was just such a weight off of my mind to not have the responsibility of making that decision because God made it for me. And um, and I tell you what, I would be lying if I said the rest of my pregnancy, I was at peace. I had no fear, no worry. <laughs> That's not true. I had many occasions when I, I had many occasions where I would be on the sofa crying out to God, please come through. 
please fulfill the promise. And um, again, just a reassurance. I cry about this because God is so good. He is so good. And I have told this story numerous times because it is such a witness to God caring about the big and the little things. And just knowing our worries inside and out and being there before we hit them. And I, I'm so grateful because as we've got through the pregnancy, I realized we learned a bit more about the condition that she had the most serious kind of spina bifida, which is myelomeningocele. I can say it now, I couldn't at the beginning. And, and they said with that, that she was likely to be paralyzed from quite high up her body. Um, and that there would be multiple operations required. She would need a shunt, she would not, lots of other things. And, um, and what I'm so grateful for is that what happened is that she actually has the most minor symptoms she could have for that type of spina bifida. She has, she um, was born on the 5th of February and she had her operation on her back where the, the lesion was. Spina bifida, if you don't know, means um, open spine. So the spinal nerves are exposed during the pregnancy and that's what causes um, irreparable damage. So she, um, she was born that she, uh, at a day old, she went off in these little capsule thing um, to go get surgery and she healed up beautifully. Um, what is also amazing is once you have a child who has spina bifida, the person who does the operation is basically going to stay with you for the rest of your child's life until they get to adulthood as their um, neurosurgeon. And the first person that I met who was supposed to do the surgery on the day she was born uh, was, was really not a smiley, friendly person. Let's put it that way. Uh, extremely negative. And um, I just thought, oh my goodness, I don't want him operating on my child. And then he was in a surgery that went on for ages. So it was moved to the next day. And we had this surgeon who was so kind, so lovely. And we have had him ever since. And he's just wonderful. Everyone who is um, aware of spina bifida and the surgery required comments on how beautiful her scar is, which is a wonderful compliment. <laughs> but um, God came through in so many little ways. And... I have to say, as well as that decision that we had there, one of the things that um, my husband and I are also very good at is being independent, looking after other people. And we were rarely in situations where people looked after us. And my goodness, did those friends and family come out the woodwork? Our church family just surrounded us. It hasn't frozen. I'm just trying to, I can't talk while I cry. <laughs> um, they surrounded us and they looked after us. 
And I tell you what, my friendships today are so good because my friends have my back. And I have so many people who have been like healing balm over situations that would have been really tricky. And there, you know, there is part of life when you're looking after a disabled child that is tough. You see your child having to go through things that are difficult. You see your child having to be put in uncomfortable situations that they don't enjoy. Um, there was a particularly horrific stage where she would scream every time we went near anywhere that looked like a doctor's surgery um, when she was a toddler. That doesn't happen now. Um, but there have been so many mini miracles along the way as well. They told us she would never crawl, never walk. And she started commando crawling, which is you do that across the floor. She started commando crawling a week before she turned one. She used a walking frame using splints on her, her feet and calves when she was around three at preschool. They told us that her memory would be awful. Um, and I tell you what, if she's into a subject, you will not know more detail than she does about it. Her memory is amazing. She goes to mainstream school and she's super bright. And just over a year ago, she, uh, one of her friends ran up to me and said, Emma, Poppy walked. And I was like, yeah, okay. She's got, you know, she walks when she holds onto things. And she's like, no, she wasn't holding on. And, um, so I went over and she'd walked between two things that were, you know, probably only about two or three meters apart, but she walked, she walked from one to the other. And um, she gets her stubbornness from her parents. So she chooses when to repeat that. <laughs> so, so she will do that <laughs> in her own time. And she's done it a few times since, but it's in her time, but she can do it. And they said that would never happen. And also, you know, we, I know that we were talking about tithing just before I came on. God has come through financially in so many ways to support our family, because there are additional things that have to be paid for and done to make sure that your child is supported and looked after. You know, we wanted her to be on the downstairs so that she didn't need support coming in and out of her bedroom and being with the family. And we discovered that we had this insurance policy for us that um, also covered the children, but didn't make it clear that it did. But the dates were, were incredible because we took out the policy a few weeks before we found out about her condition. A few weeks before. And if we had taken it out, after we had found out about her, her condition, just a matter of weeks later, we wouldn't have had that insurance policy. And that policy covered us for enough to make a massive contribution to converting our garage into a downstairs bedroom bathroom for her. God is so faithful. He's faithful when we are not. But my goodness, he comes through. And I, I have to say, that Poppy is an eight-year-old girl. She is crazy. She has a good sense of humor. She is quick on her on her walking frames. So you guys got to watch out if you're around her. She has a power wheelchair. So I didn't wear flip-flops for a while when she was getting used to that. 
she is incredible. She loves animals. She um, also her best friend is her sister and her sister loves her back. So that other concern about siblings was not a factor for us. And it's something that we have to be aware of because there is some extra time required to do certain things and extra things we need to be aware of. But we try and make it a priority to love on both of our children in the way that they need us to love on them. We also are grateful that just before we had the scan, the 20 week scan was just after the Paralympics that we had in England. And if you watch that, it was the most amazing Paralympics that had been seen until that point. It was incredible. And so we had that picture of these amazing human beings achieving things that they had been told they would never achieve. And we also had this amazing community of church, of family, of people cheering us on throughout the pregnancy and beyond. And I'm so grateful for that. But my goodness, God has come through. And I wow. have to say, <laughs> sorry, why not? I could go on about this for ages. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I just wanted to just say, Emma, before um, I just ask you one question here. I mean, there's so many miracles within this whole story that you have mm -hmm. been sharing about Poppy and about your family and just how God has orchestrated uh, every single step. And um, I, um, I want you to, to finish whatever you had to say, but I also wanted you just to reach out. I know this may not be the exact kind of thing that someone might be looking for at this moment, there, but there are people watching right now and people who will be watching who need miracles for all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And who are, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it be healing, whether it be financial, whatever it is. And I really want to encourage you just to reach out them um, and give them a word of, uh, if, if they haven't had their faith built by now, gosh, they, they need to a waking up, don't they? Because just so many little things. And I know that the other thing that I think is really important here is even myself, I've seen lots of healings to where that they would be healings like, because I consider this a healing. You've had so many things that God has done that doctors said would be one way and it was yeah. another. And some people feel like, oh, well, if it's not a complete healing that, you know, there was absolutely nothing wrong, that it's not a miracle. But um, I think that it's truly seen here how many miracles and, you know, what God wants to do um, yeah. even more so for with Poppy and for Poppy. So just as you finish, you know, whatever you wanted to share, but also just, you know, giving a word out to the people about really believing for their miracles and, and um, just whatever word that, that comes to you for you sharing. And I do want to say, Emma, I know that you spoke to Mike before sharing your story tonight, your husband, and I, um, I really commend you for that. And I, I just want to say being so open and raw and real 
um, is absolutely amazing. And I'm just believing that that many lives are, are going to be touched um, as you um, continue on with your story. Thank you. Yeah, so firstly to address checking with my husband. Um, being a minister's daughter, I really appreciated my dad always checking. If there was a story in his sermon that um, involved me <laughs> that he would always check beforehand and so I carry that through when I do talks and um, I'm really aware that this story is not just mine and Mike's but it's Poppy's as well and um, I wanted to do her justice too. With the faith aspect with miracles um, I talked about the fact that I've been a Christian for a number of years and so I have seen a number of miracles and I think that God starts with where we're at. So I, I think he starts with making sure that we know he's got our back. And so looking out for the little miracles in life is a great starting place. Some people I know find it a little bit weird to pray for a car parking space, but for me, it's just another little reminder that God's involved in every aspect of my life, whether it's minor or major. And I think that I think that when it comes to physical healing, there is a really fine line to tread. And again, I have seen so many miracles. I'm so blessed to have seen them. Incredible healing. But what having Poppy has really underlined for me is the fact that she has had some incredible miracles happen to her life. But her, if she stays in a wheelchair for the rest of her life, that doesn't mean she hasn't been healed. That doesn't mean that there is brokenness or any less than aspect to her than anyone else. And I hope that that is received in a really good way, because I know that for some people, healing can be a really difficult topic if you haven't received healing or if you are physically disabled, people can have a tendency to pray for you physically when actually what you're really after is something else. Um, and so for me, I see that physical healing in her, that strengthening of her body, which is a wonderful. But I really, truly believe that God just wants to heal our soul first, that that's the priority. And um, she's got a good soul. So he's, he's starting off with a good canvas there. Um, if you are, if you have not seen a miracle before, then ask for one. That's what I would say, because um, God reveals himself in so many ways and miracles can take the form of just a friend being there when you need it, of sending a message just when you need it, of your tax bill being less than you expected of 
of God just sending you a feeling of peace, that is a miracle in itself. Life is a miracle in itself. And so I would say, look for the miracles in the small things and praise God when you see them happen. And then your faith will grow based on those. Because I didn't start off at the age of four <laughs> seeing this kind of miracle happen to my child. That would be weird, I was four. You know, I started off at the age of four and became a teenager and became an adult and see, saw God work in lots of other ways, which gave me a foundation of faith, which sustained me through this situation. Great, Emma, and I really appreciate that. I think that is so important because I, I think sometimes we do miss the smaller miracles. Um, you know, just, um, I just was sat here with tears in my eyes when you said you got that first email, choose life. I mean, it, it, that to me is a, is a miracle in itself. It's an answer to prayer of God just showing you right then and there because, you know, it, it is the world's answer, isn't it? To, to terminate those things now, to, to mm. not even bring them into this world. And um, I, I just thank God that, you know, you guys not only got a second opinion, but, um, you know, you, you allowed God to speak. And mm. I can't, I won't even pretend that I understand, you know, what it must be like sitting in a room mm. when you're given the news that you were given. But and I think, look, sorry, to chip in on, on that a little bit as well, is um, I had com compassion for people going through similar situations beforehand. But my goodness, has that did that situation impact how I thought of families going through tricky situations where those decisions were needing to be made? Um, and so I think God just kind of expanded my heart towards people who have who, who are going through situations like that as well and made made it really clear that as Christians we operate more out of compassion than any judgment because it hit I was on the edge of making that decision because I wasn't sure what the right thing was to do and I had never thought I would be on the edge and so it just really brought that home for me that ne necessity to operate out of compassion and understanding that we don't understand often what's going on with people. Absolutely. And I know you've even shared miracles with us in the life group about with your job and your role of mediation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that's even played a big part in you when you deal with clients and, and how mm -hmm. that you share and, and listen to them and, and things like that and testimony. Um, Emma, just as we start to close, um, I'm sure there's going to be people out there. I mean, I'm watching, you know, the comments come people are touched by your story. You know, I said Poppy just celebrated, so I believe you at eight, right? Because I know it was just uh, the beginning of February, so she celebrated eighth birthday. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so... Uh, that you know from some of the pictures about how that you know it just even though she 
um, has, you know, Spina Bifida, she's still just so much a big part uh, of your family and everything that you do. And I yeah. love that. Um, so I, I just want, for those that are out there right now in the chat that are reaching out, that need prayer, that you need mm -hmm. a miracle. Um, and Emma, maybe there's women out there who have similar situations with children or uh, they might know family that do, but um, I really would like you to pray for them. And I also would like us to pray for those that might be watching that don't even know Jesus at all as their savior um, for you to pray for them. And then just any final words that you want to share, Emma. Sure. Lord Jesus, I am. Um... I thank you that we all have a story to tell. Um, sometimes our stories may feel insignificant, but Lord, I pray that you would speak into the lives of people watching so that they would know that their story is a testimony of how you come into the world in the big and the small situations in our lives. And Lord, I pray that as we go about our daily life, which at the moment may feel a little bit mundane and repetitive, I pray that you would show us where you are in those situations. And I pray that you would surprise people with your insight into what we need and when we need it and how we need it. Lord, I thank you that the situations that we go through sometimes must be really tough for people. It can feel like you don't know what decision you need to make. It can feel like life holds little purpose at times. But you, Lord, are always there. You know our purpose and you know what we need, how we need it and when we need it to happen, Lord. So I pray that you would open our eyes to seeing you in the big and the little situations. And for those people who need a miracle to happen now, Lord, I pray that you would just break through those situations, that there would be an openness to seeing just what you can do with our lives, Lord. And I pray for people who are at the moment may be going through difficult situations where Decisions need to be made about all sorts of situations, Lord, but decisions where there is responsibility, where there's a long-term impact, they, are, they may be weighing heavy on people's shoulders right now. So, Lord, I just pray that, that people would know that when, when you say you are there, you mean it and you back it up with action. So, Lord, I pray that people will reach out to you that that burden won't remain on their shoulders but they will pass it over to you lord and in this time where there is so much repetitiveness where there is a feeling of instability at times in the world lord i pray that you would be the rock that that we make our decisions upon you would be the foundation for our faith not the changing situations of the world the day-to-day -day situations we may have in relationships or emotions or 
in our thought patterns, Lord, but that you would be the foundation for how we live out our lives, how we make our decisions, knowing that you want our lives to be full of you and full of the awareness of you being around us at all times. And I pray, Lord, for people who haven't experienced miracles or who haven't experienced what it's like to know you in their life. I pray, Lord, that they would see the richness of what it means to have a relationship with you. Because it doesn't mean that life doesn't throw challenges at you still, Lord, but that you are there sustaining us throughout and building our character and building our understanding of what it is to have huge purpose in this world that you've created for us. And I pray that you would just enter people's lives in a new and amazing way. I pray for my words, Lord, that I've spoken today. I pray that they would be something that would be comforting to people, that they would inspire people to look towards you for support, for help and for peace, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so, so much, Emma. And thank you for coming on and sharing with us. And um, we will be praying for you and your family and for Puppy. And just uh, really uh, thank you for your life and for your testimony. And uh, I know that many people uh, were touched tonight. Well, uh, we're going to turn this back over to them in the studio. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Emma, again. God bless you.